the UAW has kicked open a new front in its ongoing strike action against Ford, with striking continuing against all three Detroit-based automakers. And this latest front is a big one. It's a Ford truck plant in Kentucky with ties to several other company operations. The union's really been operating as one fist, if you want to use that metaphor. Everybody's really been standing in solidarity, right? Which is what they they say all the time. Today, we're going to look at why this specific strike feels different and what it represents in the UAW's ongoing efforts. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. Michael Martinez with Automotive News has been covering the strike actions, and he joins us now to unpack a little bit of what's going on down in Kentucky. Hey, Mike, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit more about this particular plant? I mean, how many folks are employed and what is what is made there that's so important? Sure. It's Ford's largest plant in the world, actually, in terms of the size of the workforce. They have about 8,700 hourly employees there, and it's absolutely vital to Ford's business. It builds the Super Duty line of pickups. So not the F-150 that everybody knows and loves, but the larger versions, the F-250, 350, 450, and so on. Also builds full-size SUVs, the Ford Expedition, and the Lincoln Navigator. And all those products really rake in the dough for Ford. The company says they generate $25 billion, with a B, in revenue every year. Given the UAW's strategy of rolling out strikes in select places, I guess everyone was a bit taken unawares. But is it safe to say that that this plan in Kentucky was a surprise? It was, both in terms of the selection and in terms of how this happened. Now, this strike in its fourth week has almost been predictable in terms of how things have gone. Sean Fain will announce a couple days in advance that he's planning a Friday Facebook Live broadcast. And then on that Facebook Live broadcast, he will either expand the strike or keep it as is, which we saw last week. And typically that cadence has, you know, worked out every single time. But this time we're looking at a Wednesday surprise announcement on Twitter. No advance notice that he was planning something, no advance notice of a Facebook Live. So In that regard, it was certainly a surprise, and especially for the plant itself. You could argue this was the nuclear option. This was the most profitable, largest plant Ford had. And before they took this plant out, you would think that Ford was doing pretty good in these negotiations. They had, on paper at least, the best offer on the table. They're offering a 23% raise. The other companies are offering 20. I I was just going to ask about that, because as a layperson, it certainly sounded like Things had cooled down a bit, given that the last two strike expansions happened at GM and Stellantis plants. Mike, tell us a little more about what UAW's choice of this Kentucky plant suggests in terms of its relationships to other Ford operations. Well, I think we're going to see some ripple effects very quickly here. Kentucky Truck is connected to about 13 other plants in Ford's ecosystem. There's a couple other assembly plants, uh, Louisville Assembly, nearby that truck plant. They build Escapes and Lincoln Corsairs, as well as the Ohio Assembly that also builds Super Duties, plus a bunch of stamping and, and engine plants. So in theory, you could argue that this will have the widest impact of any plant they've taken down. 
And you could argue that maybe the union's doing this because they really want to deal soon. There's been some analysts, Colin Langan at Wells Fargo, who, who put out a note saying this may indicate we're only a few weeks away from a deal because Ford certainly doesn't want to feel this type of financial pain for very long. And from the union side, in order to give a deal to members, they need to argue that they took the company to the absolute brink and they're just about there now. When we say that this plan is connected to others, does that mean up the supply chain or down? Well, certainly within Ford, uh, up, you have a lot of stamping in engine plants that supply components, supply parts to Kentucky truck. You have a stamping plant within Kentucky truck that also supplies those other assembly plants I mentioned. And then that's not even mentioning all the supplier owned facilities downstream that send parts there. So Ford says in total, including suppliers, there's about 100,000 workers that could be associated with this site. So you could see a lot of layoffs in the near future. Do you know off the top of your head if any of those are in Michigan? There's a number in Michigan, uh, both in terms of Ford-owned plants and I, I believe suppliers as well. We'll be right back. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Support for Michigan Public's Stateside Podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. So what is the total number of UAW workers on strike right now? I'd be happy to take that as a ballpark figure, too, just in terms of how much of of the workforce uh, is affected. Sure. So we're at about 33,000, UAW workers that are officially on strike. When you add in the layoffs, you're looking at an additional seven or 8,000, including the suppliers that we know of. Automotive News is keeping a running tally. And, uh, you know, we have about 3,000 supplier layoffs, about 4,000 Detroit 3 layoffs. But again, there's likely more. We just don't know about them. It's hard to really keep track as you go down that supply chain into the smaller plants. Mike, you mentioned a moment ago the fact that, and some analysts believe that this is a sign that things are really coming to a head, at least in terms of United Auto Workers' discussions with Ford. There's obviously still GM and Stellantis that are that are also uh, in negotiations. But I just wanted to ask: there were there were some reports of a Wednesday afternoon meeting of UAW uh, leaders at Ford HQ that lasted all of ten minutes. Do you get the sense that this dispute has kind of devolved into a staring contest? Well, I get the sense that both sides aren't really on the same page. Talking with people who are in that meeting or directly involved with that meeting, they came at it with different understandings. Folks at Ford, again, thought they had the best offer economically on the table, and they thought they would be spending this week 
really drilling into some specific issues, namely battery plants and retirement security. The union wants pensions. Ford and the other automakers don't want to give pensions, so they're working on enhancements to the 401k plan. So they thought they'd be working on those specific issues. But with only a few hours notice, the union told them Wednesday they wanted a new comprehensive counteroffer on all the economics. We're talking raises, cost of living, bonuses, things like that. So when they got into that meeting, the union asked for the offer. Ford said they didn't have anything to add to what was currently on the table. And Sean Fain got up and left and said, you guys just lost Kentucky truck plant. Now, on the union side, they were coming at it with the understanding that they had offered the most recent deal on their side, and they were expecting more from Ford. So there's a little miscommunication between the both sides, and that doesn't really bode well this far along, but we'll see what happens from here on out. The the automakers had made some preparations for this. They knew that they they might be in this for the long haul. This strike is covering all three automakers at once, like nothing we've seen. In some cases, the bargaining is covering plants that are still under construction with technology that's never been in play before. Um, how is, at this stage of the game, how does the UAW's team look to you? Are you seeing any stress fractures, or, or do they seem like they are they could do this all day, <laughs> to borrow a phrase from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? So far, we've seen no real fractures, and that's notable in that their leadership team comes from a number of different factions, right? They're all part of different leadership caucuses that were vying for these top positions in the last election. So the fact that they are seemingly, at least from the outside, working well together is notable. And the membership, too. Keep in mind this stand-up strike that is sort of snowballing into bigger and bigger impacts every week requires a lot of discipline on the part of the membership. You don't want workers walking out of plants ahead of time. You don't want any disruptions on the picket lines. We haven't really seen that a lot so far. So you have to give the union credit for the discipline they've showed. Now, it'll be interesting moving forward here because obviously Sean Fain and the leadership are pushing for as much as they can possibly get. At the end of the day, though, it's the bargaining committees, which are maybe a step down from the the top leaders, who really have the final say in what they take to the members as a tentative agreement. The bargaining committees have to decide whether to take that, and then Sean Fain and the leadership approve it, and then they send it to the members for a vote. So in theory, I'm not saying we're there yet. I'm not saying we're even a few steps from there yet. But in theory, the bargaining committees could push leadership to take what they have as a tentative agreement to the members if they feel that they're not going to get much more from the companies. And that's the Stateside podcast for today. I'm April Baer. You can find full Stateside episodes at michiganradio.org. Today's podcast was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. She's also our podcast editor. Other producers on Stateside are Mike Blank, Ronia Kapensag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our intern is Olivia Meradian. Our executive producer is Laura Weber Davis. Music for the show comes from Blue Dot Sessions and from Audio Network. Thanks for being with us today. We'll have more for you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.